0: Hey guys, GBC podcast number 58. I'm Courtney Weiss.
1: I'm Shane Blankenship.
0: I'd love to say 58.
1: 50, yeah? Why? I mean,
0: because it's so many. Oh, it's so Like, many. I love to sit there. When I tell people that we do a podcast together, mm-hmm. usually it's at the gym. Um, I'm like, but there's 58 of them. You can go back and listen to it. You know what I'm saying? It's not that's 10. True, yeah, it's that's not right. five. That's we didn't right. just start 58. this.
1: And Kenny, if you're listening right now, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Kenny, Kenny asked Chesney? He- no. Uh, <laughs> Close, Kenny Logston. But not the singer Kenny Lyson, yes. not the Danger Zone Kenny Lyson, Kenny Lyson from from Greenwood, because he came up to me on Sunday. It was like, hey, how, how do I get to the podcast? Oh, um, so hi
0: Kenny. Hi Kenny. Okay, <laughs> well listen, well Kenny, I hope this is for you today, okay? Because <laughs> it's definitely for me. Okay, y'all, I I don't know why, but I went to Second Corinthians twelve, and I was trying to understand how Paul says. Well, can I say? Can I just read it? Sure, absolutely. Um. Well, I guess it's ten. 12.10, <laughs> that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults in hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm-hmm. So I'm writing all these notes so I can ask Shane all these really intelligent questions. And I, I guess I came to, I don't understand, doesn't doesn't God fill our, our weaknesses and make us strong? Mm. But I was actually looking at it kind of inverted. Can you help me understand it?
1: Yeah, so... Does God stand in our weaknesses, or does He fill in our weaknesses? Yes, yeah. Um, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. um, and and um, it, we may just be making this more difficult than than it that it absolutely needs to be. But um, so so I think always right. Let's back up. Let's talk about context for for a moment. Okay. Um, and this is in Second Corinthians, um, and I forget how many chapters are in Second Corinthians, but we're 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 close to the end. I know that um, in chapter twelve. So. 2 um, Corinthians, um, just for, for, for kicks and giggles, um, Bible study information here. This is, um, this is the fourth letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. Did you know that? No. So the first letter, um, we don't have. So 1 Corinthians is, we're, most scholars believe, is at least 2 Corinthians. And 2 Corinthians is third. most likely 3rd or 4th in, wow. the, in the line. But there's indications that there's other letters. And so I think... Or I think this may be the third Corinthians, and then there's another one, or there's a fourth. I can't remember all how it works, but I know that most like scholars believe there were four letters, but we've only got two of them. So he um, wrote. Mo-
0: you're saying he wrote more than four letters. That's right. Okay. That's right.
1: Um, or at least four four letters, but we have two: first and second Corinthians. So you know, for what that's worth, and I'm just throwing out there that out there because Paul's really pastor in this church at Corinth, right? Like there's um, there's correspondence because he's shepherding. From afar, he's not there physically with them. Right, um, and so as he's hearing about them, as you know, he's l- guiding them and um, what it looks like to be this follower of Christ, especially in the ancient world. Um, that, you know, he's addressing certain things as you go through it, and so that's why you read and you pick up the first part of chapter twelve, and he's dealing with the issue of boasting and what people boast in um, and what they're proud of. And Paul starts off chapter twelve and basically says, um, you know, is 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 um, boasting necessary? Um, you know, maybe sometimes it is, but it's certainly not profitable. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and, yeah. and, and and do this anyways with you. And so he leans in because he's he's ultimately making a point that, like, out of like the thing that matters most is Jesus. Mm-hmm. The thing that matters most is you know, Christ in me. That's what matters most. The thing that matters most, cross resurrection and what, what that does for our life. So ultimately he gets to a point, um, and he says, um, right before this, that, you know, the famous thorn in the flesh or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that he's got this, this, this weakness, um, if you will, this thorn in the, in the flesh, that he pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me, um, verse nine, but but he said, but Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. Now, before we get to the part that we just read and talked about, I, I, I want to say this. Okay. Um, if there is no storm in your life, then you will not know him as one who can calm the storm. If, If... The disciples are never in a boat fighting and struggling against the wind and the waves. Then they never know what it's like to hear Jesus say, quiet, be still, and watch the sea die down.
0: Right. Okay. they
1: got to go through it in order to know his power as one who can have power over the storms. Um, you know, name the paralytic through the Gospels because there's several of them that get told to stand up and walk. Right. Um, well, they will know his power, that he has the power to make the lame walk because they were lame. Mm-hmm. The disciples know it because they, they were eyewitnesses to it. Um, and so God is at work in this weakness to, to, to show off his glory, to show off his power, to show off who he is. And so when Jesus tells him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness, mm-hmm. it's when, when you are your weakest, you know how strong I am. When you're able to keep going even though you don't have it in you to go anymore.
0: So it's in the keeping going, not necessarily on like the getting better. Let's use the selfish example. Cause yeah. I think all of us are a little selfish, mm-hmm. but let's pretend like, I'm like, Shane, I'm really struggling. I yeah. only think about myself first. Yeah. I, I eat before my kids. I um, I don't know. Let's just think of some, some yeah. ways that we can be selfish. I, I hoard my time and my talents and blah, blah, blah. But I'm praying about it, and it's not getting better. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, I'm like, isn't – I guess when I read that, my questions were, when I'm weak, I am strong. But you you said, you know, you're kind of reading it wrong. Like, you need to say, I depend more on God.
1: Mm-hmm. Can, yeah, so um, – All right, so next verse, we'll lean into that. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am Strong.
0: I know. So I'm like, does God fill in your gaps? Does he make you less selfish or less of a blankety like blank, whatever?
1: Well, um, I mean, I guess, you know, some, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes, I mean, I think that's Paul's point here is that um, in the areas of my life where I am weak in the areas where I have to endure insults or hardships or persecution um, and all the difficulties. Um, and that he also makes this point, though, for the sake of Christ. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're just enduring hardships because you're being stupid. Sometimes you're enduring hardships because you're making dumb choices. It's not for the sake of Jesus. It's for it's it's because you made a bad decision about a thing. Um, it's because you said what you shouldn't have said, and now you're paying the the tax on why, on you know the the result of you saying what you shouldn't have said or doing what you shouldn't have done. Because um, that's not called persecution, right? Persecution specifically, especially in the Bible, and even Jesus talks about this, is when you suffer for his namesake, right. when you suffer for following Jesus, when you suffer for being who he's called you to be, um, and it's costing you something. Like, that's the persecution in it. But what Paul's recognizing is that he's saying, I will take pleasure in my weakness, in the insult, in the hardship, in the persecution, in the difficulties for the sake of Christ, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. Because he said right before that, That Jesus had already told him, my grace is sufficient for you. I will show you that even when I don't take it away, I will sustain you by my own grace. And so for Paul, it's an opportunity not to turn to a pill or to a bottle, but to Jesus.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make you suffer through it instead of... Like when you showed me... You said, when... I'm gonna make you suffer through it. Like he's not always gonna take whatever it is away, like these these things that I was saying. Does Cod fill your gaps? Mm-hmm. He's not gonna like take your gaps away. Yeah. Even if you recognize them and say like, Hey, I'm really struggling like I'm selfish or whatever. I keep saying selfish. I'm not, I can't think yeah. of a better example. Um, he's not really gonna take it away. He's just gonna make you depend on him more.
1: Yeah, sometimes. And and I think yeah, you know I, and I don't share that as a cop out. I mean I think it's we have to legitimately say that. Sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. I, I always think that it's according to his will and to his plan and that God's got a plan or a purpose in it, because sometimes he does calm the storm, and sometimes he does heal the lame, and sometimes he does, you know, heal the sick. Sometimes he does, you know, call the demon out. Sometimes he sometimes he does that. Um, but sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes He's got a different plan. I'll give you a great example okay. uh, from Jesus himself. When John the Baptist, have, and I'm, I don't know if we've talked about this before or not. I feel like we probably have because um, it's something that I Because <laughs> there's least,
0: 58
1: of them. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's so <laughs> many of them. Um, John the Baptist, when John the Baptist is in prison, he sends his disciples to Jesus to say, hey, are yes. you really my Are you really who I thought thought you were? Are Mm -hmm. you really the Messiah, or should we look for somebody else? Remember? And then Jesus sends the disciples back, not with an answer, except for go tell them what what you've seen. Oh, okay, okay. And and they stick around long enough with that crowd to watch him call the demons out, to make the blind see, to make the lame walk. I mean, it must have been amazing. Right. And his response to their question is, watch this. And then, now go back and tell John. And so their reply to John isn't an answer of, hey, write this down, go take it to John, he'll understand the message. It's, no, go tell him what you just saw. Mm-hmm. Go tell him that you just saw the lame walk, the blind see, this, this list. And then, you know what Jesus does?
0: He walks the other way.
1: That's exactly right. He yes. gets further away from John. And what happens to John? Well, everybody knows the story. His head gets cut off and brought out on a silver platter. <sighs> Jesus didn't rescue John from prison. Didn't take him out. Was not part of the plan. Why? I don't know. All, I'm, all I know is, is that what mattered most was who Jesus was, and John knew that. So even in John's question is, you know, I, think there's, it, I almost feel like there's this implication of, why aren't you doing something about him? Yes. Like, like, why don't you get me out of here? Was that, or was he suffering and he just needed, he just needed to know? He just needed some reassurance. Like, I'm gonna I'll suffer for this. I'm I about to die get my for head this. Cut off. Yeah, I will, I will, I will, you know, you know, I'll I'll ride this thing all the way to the ground. But oh. hold on, I'm doubting myself just a little bit here in the end. I just need to know. Um we have no idea where John's mind was at, but what we do know for a fact is Jesus didn't rescue him out of prison. At the same time, w- one more, at the same time, the dis- Jesus and the disciples are walking up. Um, I say at the same time, you know, different physical time. Um, and the disciples see a man who was blind from birth. And they say to Jesus, was this man born blind because of his sin? Which is almost impossible to even wrap our minds around. Like, was he born blind because of a sin, like something that he was going to do or whatever? Or, or is it his parents' fault? And mm-hmm. Jesus said, oh, neither. This isn't about his parents and this isn't about him. This is about me. He was born blind for what's about to happen right now. Watch this. So I don't know how old the man was. I don't remember if the the Bible even tells us, but let's call him 30. Uh 30 years of his life as a blind man. All the crap that he had to put up with, all the stuff that he had to go through, all the suffering that he had to deal with because he's blind, all the struggle his parents must have had to go through because they had a blind child in the ancient world. I mean, can you imagine? And Jesus says, oh, he was born blind because I made him that way. Because watch this. And then Jesus restores his sight so that the world would know. I mean, he is announcing without mistake, I'm the Messiah. Because only God has the power to restore the sight of Mm -hmm. the blind. So I'm throwing out those two examples to say it's just not black and white.
0: No, it's not. You know? Do we? I think, though, I just wrote down when you were talking about John the Baptist, is that why we struggle so badly is because we just need
1: to know? I, th- I mean, sometimes, sometimes I think we just want to know, we just need to know, and that assurance, I think, that Christ gives us in those moments, and Paul, I think Paul speaks to it right there. I mean, his, the assurance that he finds is that he knows that in those moments of weakness, that's an opportunity for God's power to be revealed. He He knows God's going to come through so much that God is going to reveal power in some way in this, whether he, whether it's the power just to get through it. Yeah. Which I, surely there's some listeners that can absolutely relate to that. Me, I can. You know, because there's, there's people who wake up in the morning and they just don't really have the power to go on. Yeah. You know, or or they've been through so much crap. It's just like anybody else looking at their situation would go, "Man, how are you? How are you still going? How <laughs> you still got a job? How 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 are you? How are you making it even right now?" Right. And then and and they might reply, "For it's not I who live, but Christ who lives within me." Oh, so let me let me go to one of our favorites, right? Do it, Mother Teresa.
0: Yes, love her.
1: Um, I don't know if I've shared this before. I've shared this in a message before. I know, Mother Teresa. Um, reporter, ask her. Yes, you know we've, t-
0: we've said this. On we have. Podcast.
1: Okay, so reporter, ask her. You know, Mother Teresa, why is it you do what you do? Because um, it's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives within me. Mm-hmm. And He's so just bent on trying to figure out, like, what, Yeah, but why do you care about these people that nobody cares about? Why do you love these people who don't even have the same faith as you? Why She's do you? She's like, it's this? not me. That's right. And the reporter keeps asking, and she keeps giving him the same answer. Yeah. And he kind of laughs and, you know, uh, makes light of it and says, yeah, I, I see what you're doing. Because she's quoting Paul. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Um, and he says, but what's, what's the real reason? Like, what happened to you? What, what happened in life? Which is the perfect setup. Like, what happened to you? Jesus happened to her. Yeah. Um, and finally, she just says, my son, it's not I who live. But Christ who lives within me and if you can't understand that, I can't explain it to you. (gasps) And then it just that's Mother Teresa's equivalent of dropping the mic. i was just gonna say that,
0: and then she just dropped the Uh, mic and kept on walking.
1: Yeah, so um, so there's another aspect of what we're talking about here, like with the text, that it's not I who'm living, it's Christ who's living within me. Well,
0: you're pretty much telling me, because I've come to you with this big page of questions about it. You're like, if you can't understand this, then I can't make you understand it.
1: (laughs) No, uh, and I promise I guess you know, I'm not was trying. To.
0: Just thinking about it a little inverted. Like I, I, I was like, "Well, oh, are we supposed to be working on our weaknesses and mm-hmm. God's going to make us better?" Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, he might not."
1: You might. Yeah. Cuz I mean, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. I think it's always fair and it's always safe to ask God for healing. And God to move and God to do a thing. I mean, sometimes we have not because we ask not, right? Jesus right. said that. I got gotcha. you. But sometimes I think it's it's about being in alignment with His plan, with with the plan and purpose of God. And Paul, like, if you, I mean, even if you back up out of chapter twelve and you take all of all of the Corinthians as a whole, I mean, Paul is always making Christ known, right? That's yeah. his point. That's that's. It's so hard, I think, for some of us to even fathom and realize because Jesus is so much a part of his life that that is the thing that consumes him. That is the thing that drives him. That is who he's living for, you know, not by anything else.
0: No, it's so hard. And I was actually thinking about what you said. I don't. Who were you talking about before? I don't know if it was Paul, but you said what happened? Well, Mother Teresa, you said what happened? And you said, well, Jesus happened. Mm. You just said that about Mother Teresa, right? He's yeah, like, that's right. Happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, Jesus what ha- happened? Jesus happened, and then to I'm be, like, yeah. you know, we talked about Mary last week, and remember, I ca- see it's me. I'm being <laughs> a blockhead. I was like, Shane, was there just something about Mary, which we did say she was just like us until yeah, yeah. Jesus happened, and I'm yeah. like, Paul, same thing. Like he was just like us, terrible, you mm-hmm. know, and then Jesus happened, and so I guess that, like if we're trying to apply that, we got to look at the small ways that Jesus has showed up in our life and be like, that's what happened. Yeah. And just live on God happened. Just yeah. we have to live. And even if they're small, sometimes you're like, I didn't, I was not blind and now I can see, Shane. Yeah, it's hard because you're thinking like, is that supposed to happen to me too? I was not impregnated by the by the the Son of God. I don't understand. Like, Je- did Jesus happen to me too? Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. We're always like seeing all these highlight reels, and so I'm like, okay. Oh, I'm what glad you, you have-
1: just said that. that. That's exactly what I was thinking about the highlights, yeah. right? We're talking about highlights, right? Gosh, we're talking about all the highlights. That's
0: all we have though. It's like other people's highlights. Like, can you like basically we have the. What, what year was this?
1: Um, well, it's not all we have, right? But that's what we get focused on. Um, we, we, we've we got other pieces of the story, um, and sometimes those pieces don't preach well, or we just don't like think John of them. Like John the
0: Baptist being beheaded. Well, absolutely. We need to stay there. Or,
1: or you go back to um, Acts chapter 9 that we talked about before we started recording, and part of Paul's conversion experience of Jesus appearing to him, because how many of us would be like, man, I would love just to see Jesus like that. I wish he would just appear to me. What? Well, he appeared to Paul, and put him on his knees, blinded him for three days, and then after that said, I've chosen you. You are chosen. This is amazing you're going to be my instrument you will be my instrument to the gentiles to kings like i'm going to put you before so many people you're going to see the who's who of the kingdom from 2000 years ago Face-to-face face with them, and you're going to tell them about me. I'm going to use you for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm going to show you how much you're going to suffer for my name while right. you're going through it. Because we don't he pay does. attention
0: to that part. We're like, Paul's so amazing. That's
1: right. He doesn't, he doesn't get to appear before kings because God put him on a plane, flew him to Rome, um, but put him up in a nice hotel and says, hey, you got a concert tonight, um, and you're the you are the headline speaker. There's going to be some music, and then you're going to come out, and you're going to tell all these people about Jesus, which is uh, it's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But Paul's going to get there through prison. Yeah. Paul's going to get there through getting beat. Paul's going not get there through chains. Chains. Um, and some cool things even happen in that. Like in Acts, you know, they they basically, you know, get him out of one city to move him to another city under the cover of darkness and by escort of an army. Of a freaking army for Paul. This, this new Jesus follower who used to persecute the church. Like, it's stuff that only God had to be at work in this. I mean, he gets the escort of cavalry soldiers and foot troops, and okay, like, you're
0: talking about that like it's good. I'm like, I don't want the army escorting me anywhere.
1: No, but I mean, I think it's like it's, it's it sounds like cool movie stuff. Like, like oh, that's, that's awesome! Like, this, this is entertaining for us to listen to, but when you but if you put yourself in Paul's shoes, man, he's going through, he's in prison, he's yeah, in he's jail, going he's going through hell. Like, yeah, he's he doesn't have the freedom, and he's to, totally
0: chained between his feet and his hands walking with the army, right.
1: Probably, yeah. He may not actually. He may not be in chains at that point because um, they're treating him good. They realize and they recognize that he's a Roman citizen. Um, so he has appealed to Caesar, right? And that's how he gets to Caesar. So he's Vegas. under arrest, and he's making an appeal to like I appeal to Caesar. Because at okay. one point, someone says, I might, "Maybe even Herod Agrippa basically says, I could have let you go if you hadn't appealed to Caesar.' Like we could have just been done with this. You could have be free right now. I found no. I find no guilt in you. I find no fault in you." Mm. But you've appealed to Caesar, so off to Caesar you go.
0: You have to go see him. Yeah. Oh gosh.
1: But Paul does that on purpose. That's how he's going to get to Caesar. He wants to stand before Caesar and make this message known. But this is how God orchestrates. But he's it. it's going to be suffer. suffering. Yeah. Oh,
0: this is heavy today.
1: So uh, you, you know, I think it's easy to look at the highlight reels and the and the awesome things and uh, you know, "I've been crucified with Christ, and yet I live." It's not I who live, but Christ who lives within me, and. You know, what's the what's the um, Philippians? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength that's on everybody's bodybuilding shirt um, and football <laughs> team. Like, yes. like, you know, we, we quote all these, these passages um, and we forget the context of which they're quoted.
0: Well, and it's difficult too. Now, I will say when I read anything written by Paul, I do feel anguish from him. Mm-hmm. I can feel that he's very emotional about mm-hmm. what he's going through. So I will say Paul is... Someone that I really like to read about, um, I do know that he suffered. Mm -hmm. But some of the others, which, I mean, maybe John the Baptist just didn't. He's not doing it for me. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think some of them speak differently to you. So I guess I got to remember that. But this, all of that to say, I was thinking about it inverted. Like, God was supposed to heal us, forgetting that he actually doesn't.
1: Well... Well, hold on on that. I mean, sometimes he does. Well, r- right. Like
0: sometimes, but like a lot of times, he just lets you live with it. So sometimes you can depend on him. Yeah, right? for
1: sure. Like sometimes it gives us the miracle that we're that we're trying to seek and we're we're looking for, and but sometimes he doesn't. And I think if you get caught up in in what you want, then you may miss Christ and working in it or working through it because i because i again i, I mean I, I do think he's a healer and i think he's a chain breaker and i yeah. think he you know but ultimately what he's doing is restoring the, our relationship you know christ came to save us from our sins that's the christmas message and since we're in christmas season yes we'll bring it back 10 days um, by the way 10 days away um, I'm sending my son into the world. A son will be born to you, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Um, he will be called the Son of God. He will take this. Uh, he will take away the sins of his people. That's why he's coming. He's coming to take away sins. Yeah. Um, all the miracles that we get that we get to see are only pointing to who he is. Right? They are to make his glory known changing of the water of of wine. This is the first of his miracles um, in Cana of Galilee. And when he did this, um, John records, um, he revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome thing for this couple that we don't even know their name that Jesus did. And we can recognize his love and the act that he did, even based off of the context. But when you get to the last part of that story, it says... That he did this to reveal his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. That's what every miracle is about. Mm-hmm. It's a sign. It's not just the act that happened. It right. is a sign to who he is because the gospel writers want the world to know what they experience firsthand. He's the son of God. Mm-hmm. Put your faith in him. He can save you from your sin.
0: Well, this is what's so great about doing this podcast and sharing it with um, anyone who will listen is that, like, y- y- we can ask you questions. We can really get in depth because I mean, you do preach really well to us every single week. But I'm sure you could stand up there for five hours sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I could you, definitely
1: go longer than than. <laughs> yeah, I've got more got more material than I got time for. But
0: I mean, there's just so much. There's oh, absolutely. So, like, and of course, the historical context. I'm so bad at that, putting all the pieces together, which I know I'm not alone because it is difficult. Um, so this is what's so great about this is that we get to hear it more and more and more. And you get to teach us all of it, so I appreciate it. Thank you for making it clear. Yeah, God, well, I'm not going to take it away
1: sometimes. <laughs> Got it. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, um, and because I, I even said this on Sunday um, when I started, at least at the 10:30 service, I can't remember if I said it at the 8:30 service, but um, you know, sometimes I, like, I, I, I can see, like I, I, I can geek out. Um, mm-hmm. and we might have even talked about this last week. I can geek out over what's actually being said there or the context of what's totally. happening and see the depth of it. Um, but from a preaching perspective, none of it matters if, if it's not relatable, it's got to be relatable. Um, and so sometimes the, the art of preaching and the struggle is, all right, God, how do you want me to say this to your people? Like, show me, show me why this matters. I think it's cool. Why does it matter? And how does it relate right now? Right. And sometimes, you know, what God reveals, I think in that, um, is it's, it's like, it's a nugget for Sunday. Um, even though I've spent. Eight hours with it, mm-hmm. ten hours with it, twelve hours with it, coming through it. Um, you know, it's not for not all of it's for me to share. Some of it's maybe just for me or for for moments like this. Um, but it's not for the Sunday morning. Um, yeah. And for Sunday morning, here's the part that's gonna matter. And what I'm always blown away with is what people walk away with, or when people say, "Oh, it's like you were preaching just to me. I needed to hear that." And like then I, they say <laughs> it. yeah. And yeah. I'm always well, blown away by it. Yeah. I'm humbled by it. I really am. I'm. I'm so grateful that God would use any of it. so.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. There it is. Guys, if you like this podcast, share it with a friend, someone that needs to hear this message today. Yep. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday. Yep.
1: See you.